Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our morning service, Sunday 2nd of June, 2019. This morning we are joined by Pastor Clifford Morrison, who takes his reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 11, and brings us a message entitled, A Neglected Truth. We're reading this morning from the Acts of the Apostles chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, commencing at verse 6. And this is the word of the Lord. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him going into heaven." And we thank God for his word. Father, as we come to your word this morning, we pray for all your servants who will handle the word of truth today. We pray, O God, that you will bless them, that you will strengthen them. We remember Henry this morning in cold rain, and we pray that you will bless him and help him there today. And as we turn to this sacred truth, teach us what we do not know. Give us what we do not have. And help us to respond to your word in a way that will glorify your name for Jesus' sake. Amen. I wonder, did you ever learn this at school? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting Amen. And if I were to ask you a question, my question would be, and don't answer it, what have I just quoted? Of course, the answer is the Apostles' Creed. Sometimes people were reluctant to say it because of this word Catholic. It has nothing to do whatsoever with the Roman Catholic Church. The word Catholic in the Apostles' Creed means universal. It refers to the true church of all times and in all places. And I want you to keep that in mind this morning. The celebration of the incarnation at Christmas and the resurrection of Jesus Christ at Easter are generally regarded as a normal part of our Christian life. Likewise, there is a strong emphasis on his return. But sadly, the truth and the importance of the ascension is often overlooked and 
not appreciated as it should be. And what we want to realize this morning is this, that this truth is by no means secondary, but is vital to the gospel, and a proper understanding of it will enhance and enrich our devotion to the Lord Jesus. Someone has defined the truth of the ascension as an untapped mine of treasure, an unfathomed ocean of blessing, and an unexplored galaxy of glory. So for a little while, I want us to give thought to the ascension of the Lord Jesus and to learn some valuable lessons that I believe will strengthen us in the faith and help us in our walk with God. The first thing I want to note this morning is simply this, that the ascension of the Lord Jesus was foretold by the Savior. This event figured highly in his prophetic ministry about himself. In John chapter 6 and verse 62 we read, What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? In John chapter 16 where we have the high priestly ministry and the high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus, he says in verse 7 and 28, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. It is expedient for you, it is profitable for you that I go away. He says, I came from the Father and have come into the world and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. You remember in his resurrection body in John chapter 20, he speaks to Mary Magdalene and he says, Do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my Father. And his constant reference to the ascension shows the prominence it had in his earthly program. Luke tells us that when the days drew near for him to go to Jerusalem, the truth of the ascension was often referred to. So when we think of the ascension of the Lord Jesus, we think of that which was foretold by the Lord Jesus. The second thing I want to highlight about the ascension this morning is this, that the ascension marked the finish of his earthly ministry. We know that between the resurrection and the ascension, the Lord Jesus appeared at various times. He gave to his followers tangible proofs that he was written. He taught them many things and ministered to their variety of needs. And when he appeared and disappeared a number of times, there seems to have been a growing awareness that this would not go on indefinite. Luke tells us how he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he, parted from, he, he departed from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Luke tells us that when the time came for him to go away, there was great joy and worship and not a hint of sadness according to the beloved physician. These disciples were not only witnesses to the resurrection, but also witnesses to the ascension. They watched with their own eyes the visible transfer of the Lord Jesus from earth to heaven and were left in no doubt that his earthly ministry had come to a close. 
And so the resurrection, or so the ascension was foretold by the Lord Jesus. And it marked the finish or the conclusion of his earthly ministry. We also note, thirdly, that the ascension was followed by his exaltation. The ascension was followed by his exaltation. The scripture leaves us in no doubt about this majestic and far-reaching event. Listen to what Mark has to tell us. So then after the Lord Jesus spoke to them, Mark 16 and 19, he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Paul writing to the Ephesians, it tells us that when he, that is God, raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. The same writer writing to Philippians chapter 2 reminds us that God has highly exalted him. That is the Lord Jesus. And we read this morning from Hebrews chapter 1 that after making purifications for sins, he, that is the Lord Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The apostle Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.22 about Jesus Christ. And here's what he says. Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been made subject to him. And so the ascension of the Lord Jesus brought perfect manhood to the right hand of God. The heavenly throne this morning is not occupied by someone who is unaware of life's struggles, but by our Lord Jesus who experienced hunger, who experienced thirst, who experienced tiredness, temptation, suffering, and death itself. The one who took our place at Calvary has taken his place in the highest place that heaven affords. The great hymn, or one of the great hymns of the Christian church, recalls this truth. And in doing so, it fills our hearts with awe and wonder. The head that once was crowned with thorns, is crowned with glory now. A royal diadem adorns the mighty victor's brow. Remember this morning, if there had never been an ascension, there would never have been an exaltation. It marks the culmination of his earthly ministry. And at the same time, it marks the beginning of his heavenly ministry. There were several crucial events in the life of the Lord Jesus. I've already referred to them. His incarnation, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, his glorification, and of course we await his second coming. I think it will be true to say that as the Lord traveled through this world, he did so with a cross in his heart and often indicated his homesickness for heaven. As he moved along, he verbalized and visualized the plan and purpose of his Father in heaven. And in doing so, indicated his longing to be with his Father in heaven. I refer again to his writing and to what he said in John 6. What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Jesus Christ came down from heaven, born of a virgin lived a perfect life, ministered among people, went to the cross, died for sinners like you and me. 
And for 40 days Jesus in his risen body walked upon the earth. And at the end of that the Bible tells us that he called his disciples out to a place called Bethany from where the Bible tells us he went back to heaven. Now if you know your Bible well enough you will know that in the Old Testament we are told of two men who went to heaven without dying. One is called Enoch who walked with God and he was not for God took him. Another was called Elijah who was caught up in a whirlwind in a chariot of fire. He ascended. He had so to speak an ascension without dying. The Bible also predicts that those who knew the Lord Jesus and are alive when he returns along with those who have died in the Lord, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. They will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. They will experience a kind of ascension experience. And I believe that what I'm focusing on this morning could be defined as a neglected truth. A neglected truth. So here we have this morning the ascension foretold by the Lord Jesus himself, marking the finish of his earthly ministry, followed by his exaltation. And the fourth thing I want to say this morning is this, and we'll be thinking more about this next Sunday in the will of God, which is Pentecost Sunday, the coming of the Holy Spirit. But the ascension was necessary for the coming of the Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus, in the course of his earthly ministry, taught his followers that the divine plan included the coming of the Holy Spirit after his ascension. In John chapter 16, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It's for your good. It's for your well-being. It's expedient that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Comforter, the Helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In other words, what the Bible teaches us this morning is this. That if there had never been an ascension, there would have been no comforter, no helper, no paraclete to draw alongside the believer. But we rejoice this morning that both are historical and biblical facts and form part of the great doctrine referred to by Jude in his letter as the faith once delivered for all the saints. And so the ascension was needful for the coming of the Holy Spirit. But here's what I want you to grasp this morning. The ascension of the Lord Jesus marked the beginning of his high priestly ministry. The ascension of the Lord Jesus marked the beginning of his high priestly ministry. It began the commencement of his intercessory on behalf of his blood-bought people. I don't know about you this morning, but it gives me great strength. It gives me great courage. And it gives me great stamina to know that in the Lord Jesus I have a great high priest who lives, who has ascended, who has been exalted and who's engaged in a high priestly ministry on my behalf. Paul writes in Romans 8 and verse 34, Who is he to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised 
who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. And you will know that this is the outstanding theme of the letter to the Hebrews. It's precisely because he lives forever and has a permanent priesthood that he's able to, consa- he's able to save completely those who come to him. Hebrews chapter 7 states these great truths. The former priests, that's the priest in Judah. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, that is the Lord Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Therefore, consequently, as a result of all this, he is able to, he's able to save completely. He's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The ascension this morning gives us a high priest to whom we can come with confidence and who can relate to all our trials and all our temptations. You know, when Satan tempts me to despair, And tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look. And see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, we sang. My sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. The ascension of the Lord Jesus marked the beginning of our Lord's high priestly ministry. There is one in the glory this morning, the God-man, the man Christ Jesus, who enters into all your trials and tragedies and tears. He knows, he cares, he understands. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace. One With himself I cannot die. My soul is purchased with his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high. With Christ my Savior and my God. And the ascension of Jesus Christ assures us that all who trust in him and all that he has accomplished through his death on the cross will guarantee that you will be in heaven. His ascension into heaven is described by the Hebrew writer in Hebrews 6 as the forerunner of our entrance. What does that mean? These are tremendous truths this morning. I hope they're thrilling your heart as much as they have thrilled mine in preparation. Listen to what the Hebrew writer says. We have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. We have an anchor, the old BB hymn. We have an anchor, both sure and steadfast, within the veil. Who is our anchor this morning? Not me. Not you. But Jesus Christ. Sure and steadfast. He is our forerunner. And because he is in heaven this morning, it doesn't matter what Satan may suggest. It doesn't matter how Satan may accuse. Because he's in heaven. 
we have the guarantee that we also will be in heaven. Let not your heart be troubled, says Jesus. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. The ascension of the Saviour marked the beginning of the preparation of our heavenly dwelling place. And our Lord's entrance into heaven is the guarantee that we shall be there also. And finally, as we close, the ascension of the Lord Jesus is the guarantee of his personal return for his people, the church, which he purchased with his own blood. At the time of his ascension, the heavenly messengers gave their message. We read it this morning. They tell us here that when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times of seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things as they were looking up, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him going into heaven. He went. He went. And as sure as he went, he will return. He went into heaven personally and visibly. And we can look forward with confidence to the personal and visible return of our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the ascension of Jesus Christ calls us this morning to consider him, the one who came to die, the one who lives that we might never die, our exalted Lord, our great high priest, our soon-coming Savior, before the throne of God above. I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written in his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. I believe he was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven, and he's seated at the Father's right hand. We thank God for the scriptures that point us to the Savior. Let's pray.